Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. My name is Matt Scaff. In this episode, I want to talk about training with women, all aspects of training with women. I love training with women. Let me start by saying that. And it's really funny because a lot of my most humbling moments of jujitsu have come from training with a woman. I remember when I first started, I had to, the gym I was at, I had to take the stand-up classes. And there was a female. She was an MMA fighter. She had had three or four fights. And we were sparring one day. I think I would probably have been training two or three months at the time. And she gave me my first bloody note. So it's one of those first real big wake-up calls. And I never went in thinking like, oh, women can't fight, yada, yada, yada. I never, I've never had that thought. But it was shocking to look in the mirror and see blood coming out of your nose. I'm like, man, a woman just right hand right down the middle just popped me right in the face and really blooded me up. I mean, she definitely jacked me up that day. And since then, I've had many more encounters of women humbling me. One of the times that really stands out to me and that it was really a pivotal moment in my journey. I was a brown belt and I competed a ton at purple and brown belt. Well, I was at Chujitsu school. So if you guys know who Chewy is, he's really big on YouTube. Definitely follow him, check him out. But I was at his school and I was rolling with one of his blue belts. And I remember I kept getting the back. And I couldn't finish. Like I was struggling to finish the rear naked choke. And during that round, I kept going to the back. And I was really like, man, I can't finish this guy. Well, when I get back, I'm going to really focus on my back game. And Brandon, I told him my problem. I was like, hey, you know, I really want to focus on my back, especially with EBI becoming so popular. I really need a killer back game. And we started off the first night. He put on 30 one-minute rounds. And he paired me up with two women in our gym. One was a blue belt. I believe she got it in Memphis, but she wasn't one of our blue belts. But she'd been training with us about six months at the time. And one of our white belts, who was right before she got her blue belt. And it was probably the most humbling practice I've ever had. Of those 31-minute rounds, I was on offense the entire time. I got zero finishes. They escaped every single time. I like couldn't believe it. And still to this day, I kind of laugh thinking about it because it just really was very, very eye-opening. And it really lit a fire in me, and I was so thankful for that moment. And it's become one of the biggest training tools and one of the ways that I really like to get better at technique is I like to spar and do situational drills with women. And I find that women in a lot of ways are more technical than men. I've rolled with a lot of high-level females. And I always get exposed in some way when I roll with them. And it's very obvious. There's times as a guy, especially if you're like a competitive guy, that you'll make excuses for yourself or you won't really see the hole that somebody's presenting. You might go, oh, this guy's, you know, it's because he's so fast or he's so strong or he's bigger than me. But when somebody you outweigh by 30 pounds passes your guard with weight distribution, it really shows that how my framing in this situation isn't up to par. And 
those two women showed me that my back control was not good. And that journey, I think that was about four years ago now, has really led me to, in the past, especially year, my back game is one of my strongest, if not my strongest attacking spot. And it all started with, ah, I'll probably need a little bit of work to just having my mind blown. And a lot of times when you're training with women, you'll find that that's the case. And one of my main training, actually, I shouldn't say one of my main training partner, the person I do the most training with is Brandon's wife, Lindsay. She's a black belt. She's been training 13 or 14 years and she is incredible. And a lot of my biggest discoveries and my biggest growth has come from her driving me absolutely insane with a movement or a move that she's doing to me. It was the twister pass. Like I can remember quite a few years ago that she constantly kept passing my guard with the twister pass and she would turn her hips and I just didn't have an answer. She would back her butt up towards my shoulder and she kept passing like that. And I always go through this type of thought process when I'm training with women. So I'll roll with them and they'll take advantage of me technically in a few areas. Well, then I'll have the, oh, well, if I was using my attributes or if I was trying to win, that wouldn't work. And Lindsay is, again, the perfect example because there are so many, so many times that I've been like, oh, okay, well, next time I roll with her, I'm going to go in with a competitive mindset. I'm going to go in and I'm going to do a big bridge. There's no way I can just keep hitting twister pass. And I always, I shouldn't say always, I should say 85% of the time, I find that, no, 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 her technique is just much better than my technique in that spot. And that strength is not the answer. Like that's not wise. Well, I'm going to, you know, roll light with this woman and no, no, no. Even if I turn on my attributes, I'm still getting taken advantage of in that situation. Where I find that attributes really, really play, especially like size and all that stuff, it really plays in the grand scheme of things. But just technical work, like if somebody's super good, like Lindsay was at twister passing, she high level black belt twister pass. And just because I added attributes in that scenario, like it didn't matter. It did not stop her technique from working. So Lindsay has definitely provided me many frustrating moments over the past five years. I didn't start training with Lindsay until I was a purple belt. And I'm always so, so thankful for a couple of people and her being one of them is when I hurt my arm really bad when I was training with one arm, she was one of my most valuable training partners. And women are, for the most part, the best training partners when you are injured. You're going to find the most growth training with a woman. They train much better than men, in my opinion, especially most men. When you have an injury and you're looking to keep training, they're just much smarter about the way they train. Because in a lot of times, they're the ones trying not to get injured. So for the most part, they are very, very cautious of, oh, you know, hey, my ankles hurt. 
they're not going to just do a try and do a rolling toe hold. Like I've trained with guys before and you know, you'll have red tape or you'll, you know, you, you'll see this all the time. There's red tape. There's, Oh, you know, I just got this tournament and somebody popped my arm. Can you not go for an arm lock? And within the first minute they're going for that move and you go, Hey man, what are you doing? And they go, Oh, I just forgot where with a woman, they're not trying to beat you. They want to win. So I'm not saying that. And they are trying to beat you, but it, doesn't matter. It's not life and death for them. And it's really refreshing and it can really provide a very safe environment when you are injured. And so if you don't have a woman training partner or you're kind of in like a new guy and you know, here's the honest truth. Women do not want to train with new guys. It's just... Their risk of injury is very high training with a new guy. And again, if you're not really experienced in training with women, I'm going to give you just kind of a list of things to kind of start to implement or to, you know, ask or, you know, a way for you to become a great training partner to women. And in the long run, I promise you, it will become one of your most valuable training tools. So, the first is just use common sense. I've seen guys that are 225 pound roll with white belt women like it's the ADCC finals and always blows my mind that they don't have that recognition that, hey, I don't need to smash this girl like she's 230 pounds and it's the final of blue belt Pan Ams. And it's hard to say things as a coach when you see that happen. Like hard to get onto the guy because they're not doing anything wrong. It's not like they're grabbing their fingers or, you know, doing anything creepy, nothing like that. It's just they're going rough. And at the end of the day, what happens is that guy gets a reputation and then people smaller and especially women just don't train with them anymore. They don't want to train with you and you start to lose rounds. And then when you find yourself Uh, me and, you know, I don't have a partner again. And you look around and you make that eye contact with the woman, she's not going to make it back or she's just going to tell you flat up. No. And I do not blame her at all. So use common sense. Okay. One of the best ways to make sure that you don't roll like an idiot when it's not time to roll, (laughs) you know, when it's time to roll and control and, and use technique is to just Mentally tell yourself and mentally look around, you know, like, oh, there's 12 people here. These are the five people I can do competition style rounds with and go crazy on guillotines and do my thing. And these three people over here, I outweigh them by 75 pounds. I don't want to sit out around. So when I roll with them, I'm going to take bottom position or I'm going to really work on my butterfly sweep. Mentally have a game plan going in to train with them. Because if not, you're going to revert to competition mode, competition mode. And then you're going to lose a training partner. And especially if you have a lot of valuable women to train with, a lot of high-level women at your gym, man, you're missing out on some of the best rounds and best training there is. The second is to just ask them how hard they want you to train. Because there are times, and especially after you start to develop a relationship, a training relationship, I should say, very important, that... A woman does want you to kind of bring a little bit more heat or they want you to put more weight distribution on. 
But for the most part, the first round, the first time you roll with them, it's better to use more um, cautious, like be really cautious and conscious of how big the attribute gap is or how big the weight weight gap is. And I've always found that if I am going really hard, like, okay, I'm really looking to get some good competition-style training, I'll ask the people that I'm training with, especially if they're smaller than me and they're not competitors, I'll go, hey, man, I'm, I'm really looking to – or, hey, I'm really looking to get some competition-style training in. I'm training pretty hard today. Are you interested in training with me? If not, no worries. I'll focus with, again, those five people that I've picked out that they always want to go competition-style. And if they're like, yeah, I would love to do a competition-style round with you, then I always go, okay, well, I'm going to be training a lot harder and just you know tap quicker if you need to, but hard training, Okay. And so then if you start going hard and they don't like it or, you know, that they afterwards, they start going, oh, you know, you train way too hard and go, well, I asked you and you said you wanted, that's how I compete. Okay. And it avoids those situations where somebody that's been training 10 months and you don't know how hard they want you to go. You know, it's a Never, you haven't trained with them very much. It, it just takes that out, and, and it really allows both people to feel comfortable with what's going on in the role. I think it's really important also to not let women always be the last pick. There are times at the gym, and I've heard women say this that I train with, that they felt kind of ostracized from the group because there's only one or two of them. They don't always want to pair up. And I think there's times you just go, oh, there's two women, so you two always pair up. You two always pair up. And I don't think that's fair. And I think it really holds back their growth as well because I don't think it's good to always train with the same person. And especially, you know, there are times I found myself to just assume that, oh, well, there's two women there. Or there's four women. They'll pair up and they'll get in the corner and they'll do their thing. And I'll pair up with one of these guys. And so something that I really try and get an extra round in with a woman or especially if there's only one or two of them at an open mat. I make sure that guys go out of their way to ask them to roll. I just don't want them to kind of feel that kid on the playground that's the last pick every single time. Because once you start to feel that way and you start to feel like, oh man, you know, I'm always having to roll with the guy sitting out, you know, like everybody else is partnered up and I'm the last one always. It can really be demoralizing. And so see if that's going on at your gym. See if your female training partners have a tough time finding roles or they're always the one sitting out. So if there's 10 rounds and they're sitting out four or five of them, it might not be because they're choosing to. It might just be that Well, no one's asking them to roll. People are always pairing up and they're the last one every single time. I find women as a coach and a teacher that they're the most open to learn. I always really enjoy teaching women. They don't have the same type of ego as a man. They're much more willing to listen. They're much more willing to experiment and they have a much more open mind. I really like 
working with women, especially at the lower belt levels. Because for the most part, they're not there to just submit everyone. And so one of the big differences is a guy comes in, he's been training one month. Most of the time, even guys that have a year and below, like, oh, I've been training six months, they only want to see offense. They're obsessed about how many taps they get. Where women are much more likely to try and learn the self-defense aspects, to try and learn the small details, to try and learn and master hip escapes. And I love teaching defense. And there are times I feel guilty teaching defense because I'm like, man, I've taught three defensive classes in a row. And I know like the students want to see the cool Iminari role or these guys, you know, it's funny. Like you'll go, oh, I'm, uh, you know, a student will ask you what you're teaching that night. And I always find the guys that are in the novice and beginner, I shouldn't say always, but a lot of the novice and beginner guys, if you say something like, yeah, I'm teaching leg lock entries or I'm teaching a 50-50 finish, it's like, they're like, oh man, can't wait, dude. But if you're like, oh yeah, we're going over a basic hip escape from mount. It's like you can see them deflate a little bit. And it's like, dude, that's the spot you need most. But they're only concerned about getting that firepower and starting to tap other people. <laughs> and so it's a really refreshing change when you work with women. And especially when you start to get a lot coming to your classes because they're so excited to learn headlock escapes. They always are down to learn you know, guard retention and just some of the basic things that at times as a teacher, you start to feel guilty teaching your other students because they're just not as excited. And it's awesome when you see these women get super excited about basic self-defense techniques. As I said, anytime that I'm starting to learn a technique, I love doing a lot of my training with women. They're going to show me my biggest technical holes without it just, man, like I'm really bad at this move and this guy just keeps posturing out, but he's also like 50 pounds bigger than me. It's very eye-opening to have somebody that you outweigh by 30 pounds escape or (laughs) take advantage of you when you're learning a move. And a lot of my biggest growth comes from really analyzing those situations and really taking to heart and taking, you know, the feedback that a woman gives me during those situational sparring sessions. And for the most part, you're never going to make excuses when you lose to a woman. Like you, you'll make a couple and they're always attribute based. At least that's what I find myself doing. It's always, well, if I rolled like, you know, the 175 pound man that I am, after you roll with them enough and after you realize that, oh my God, that's not that, could it be that they have better technique than me in this spot? And again, most of the time you'll find, yes, they do. And so use the women training partners at your gym for those situational sparring. Practice the EBI overtime round. So if you're looking for a place to start, start with EBI OT. And I'm telling you, that's where I started with my EBI OT and especially my back game. And I am so thankful for all the women I've trained with and all the hours I've spent with them, (laughs) having them get out and me really just analyzing, analyzing, analyzing. And definitely add that into your learning process. Obviously, 
one of the last things I want to say is don't be creepy. A lot of women come to the jiu-jitsu gym. I mean, there are, the, there are a few, and there are a handful, I should probably say, that do come looking for a boyfriend. It, it's, it is a great place for a woman to meet a guy. There's not a lot of women doing MMA and jiu-jitsu still. There are academies that obviously it's real popular and they have a big women, a big woman base. But for the most part, girls aren't coming in to get a boyfriend. And if a girl comes in that you're attracted to, don't within the first two weeks message her something like, hey, you know, like, do you want to go out on a date or do you want to? It's really off-putting. And I think it sends a bad signal and a bad message to women coming in to train the art. What I would say is really try and become their friend. Really try and treat them just like another guy coming into the gym. Really make sure that you're not treating them any differently because they're a woman. It can be difficult, especially at the beginning. You don't realize sometimes how you treat women different than men, and especially in an atmosphere like MMA. I'm lucky where, again, I've been doing this a really long time, and I realize there's not that many differences in women and men. And if you aren't accustomed to training with women, it's going to take a time for you to stop seeing them as the opposite sex and to see them as valuable training partners. I'm just being honest. Some guys, they have a predeceived notion of how a woman should train or, you know, oh, this is weird. It's really not. And I can't remember a time I've ever rolled with a woman where it was weird. And for the most part, it's exactly like training with another guy, except they're almost always smaller than me. I hope you guys start to really take advantage of training with women. And if you are a woman, understand that a lot of guys really see you as valuable training partners. And a lot of guys wouldn't be anywhere near as good of grapplers as they are right now without training with you. Just because, I shouldn't say just because, there are times that I see women get really frustrated and their confidence will start to wane a little bit. They lose to a guy that's a belt rank lower than them. Or if they're a purple belt woman, they occasionally, you know, they'll lose to a white belt guy or they'll get held down by a white belt guy. And I know that can be frustrating But at the same time, I really, really, really think in the long run, you guys have the prettiest jujitsu. It is really, really humbling and amazing to see a high-level woman dismantle a guy. And I don't think there's any bigger testament to jujitsu than watching a really good female practitioner dismantle a dude that's 50 pounds bigger than them. And so while you might always struggle with that 250-pound brown belt, understand I would much, much, much rather watch you do jujitsu and honestly train with you. I'm going to get a lot more out of a training session with you than that 250-pound beast. I didn't say it would be easier training. I'm saying that it's going to be way better training in my opinion. So 
Here's to all the women that train. Make sure you guys are taking advantage of training with women and definitely don't make them feel like the last pick on the playground because, man, they're so valuable in the training room. Last thing, I want to say one more time how much I appreciate my female training partners. I absolutely love you guys, appreciate you guys, and I wouldn't be half the grappler without you, especially when I hurt my arm and I really was in a bad place. I really needed people to train with that I trusted, and you guys, man, I'm so appreciative, and I really feel like I owe you guys so much more than I give you. So cheers to you guys. I hope you guys have a great upcoming holiday season. I'm definitely looking forward to spending time with my family. And I'm definitely going to take a few days off from training. Uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas, I'll for sure probably take off. Maybe Christmas Eve, I might uh, do an open mat or something in the morning. But we'll see. I'm really in the mindset right now of I want to get back to hard training. So we'll see how it goes. I know over the next couple of weeks, classes will be hit or miss, but I don't know. We'll see. Appreciate you guys. Love you. Make sure you start training with women.